Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Bullet Club for, 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 for life. Honestly, I'm fucking soaked. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening. This is Chain Wrestling with Mags and Soy. As always, I am Soy, and with me again, as always, is the cleaner to my rainmaker. He is the Bullet Club to my chaos. He is the Podfather himself, Mr. Mags. How are we doing this week, sir? Um, all the better for that amazing introduction. To be compared to the cleaner is is an absolute honour. Uh, how are you? How are you doing? Well, okay. Have you got a minute, Max? I'm going <laughs> to tell you some tales now. I'm going to tell you some the last the last I'd say last twenty minutes, and then yesterday morning, uh, potentially two of the worst experiences I've had in a long time for just making myself angry by being a prat. Okay. Um, Do tell. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start. I, I love other people's misfortune. It really takes away from man. <laughs> Mate, honestly, <laughs> if I, I'll tell you now about my mor- my, my Sunday morning. As, as we're recording this, obviously it, it is Monday, so I'll tell you now about my Sunday morning. And honestly, if if it didn't happen to me and somebody else was telling this tale, I wouldn't believe it was true. But this is legit the truth. I mean, my wife will verify everything on Twitter if you want to ask her. Um, she'll take, in fact, she'll probably take great pleasure in laughing along with people. With, uh, <laughs> <about it. laughs> um, at the moment, I currently work Sundays uh, at this this warehouse I'm currently working at through an agency mm-hmm. temporarily and so on. Um, being a Sunday, obviously Saturday night, yeah, I like to have a few beers, you know, as, as most as, as a lot of people do, I guess. But in theory, it's a school night, isn't it? I should be being sensible because I've got a very early start on a Sunday. I don't drive. I got to bus it over to where I work. Um, I start at eight a.m. and in Gloucester, the buses aren't very good pre eight a.m. So I literally catch the, the first bus possible from wherever it runs to get remotely close to where I work. So I'm getting up relatively early. So I woke up Sunday morning a little bit bleary-eyed, shall we say, a little bit not fully with it. Um, <laughs> I was a bit achy and a bit, you know, a bit. I don't know if I'd slept funny or if it was just the after effects of a few baby shams the night before, shall we say? Um, <laughs> baby shams, wow. Not really, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I get up and I, I, all I can taste is whatever ghastly concoction I'd made myself the night before to eat before I went to bed. You know, the sort of standard jalapeno peppers and whatever nasty taste left in my gob and mm-hmm. whatever I threw in the toasty maker. Um, 
So I, I jumped in the shower. I'm already running a bit late. Um, I jumped in the shower. Starts giving myself a scrub down to make sure I don't stink of booze or, or, or dirty, manky, drunk food when I go into to my place of work. Um, and I pulled a muscle in my neck whilst washing my hair. Wow. I know. That, that makes me sound like I'm about 100 years old, doesn't it? Or, or just a complete moron or maybe both. But <laughs> I hope it's from the, the like the swoosh back where you all the water's coming off like the photogenic kind of uh, like frame of your hair going back and then you going ah, at me neck. Oh, like like the old Timothy adverts where you're flinging it back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was, mate. I wish it was. The problem is that that particular day, that Sunday morning after the, the, the previous evening's exploits, I guess, if I'd flung my head back like that, I probably would have just fallen over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I put this in my neck and sort of across my shoulder area and all that. And it basically got to a stage where even now I can't turn. Uh, I don't know the name of the fella. It was a Ben Stiller film and he was um, a uh, model on the catwalk and he couldn't turn right or couldn't turn left. That's how I feel right oh, now. Oh, Zoolander. Zoolander, that's it. I can't turn left because my head is like, my neck is like rigid to the rest of my body where I pulled this muscle in my neck. So I thought, I've got to get to work. I've got to get to work. So I'm getting out and I'm, it, it's, it, it must be like a quarter past six, something like that. It's freezing bloody cold. Of course, the house is pitch black. I'm going down the stairs, kind of sideways where I'm sort of, I, I leave all my clothes and everything downstairs because I don't want to be moving around in the bedroom and wake the wife up that early. So I'm going down the stairs kind of sideways to get to, get to my clothes. So, you know, I'm a big, fat, burly, hairy man, big beard, long hair, wrecked neck, wrecked neck. Please say you fell down the stairs. Absolutely bollock naked, tripped over my stupid bastard cat Lemmy, fell down and ended up effectively naked arse in the air, busted neck on the floor in the hallway. Wow. Yelling in pain. And and what was amazing was, um, well, I suppose amazing to other people. To me, it's more of a concern. I'm not a small fella. I mean, I'm quite overweight. I'm quite a tall guy as well. I fell down the stairs and I yelled. So I've made quite a bit of noise. Not one single bugger in my household got up to see if I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, just no one gives a shit. Yeah. So, no, I struggled on. I, I got myself sorted out. I sort of dressed myself with one arm because I was in pain. Still thinking I need to go out and earn my minimum wage of £8, whatever it is, an hour. Because, you know, I'm a responsible adult, Max. I've got bills to pay. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. So I'm sorting all this out. Um, the last time I worked on a Sunday, I caught the bus and stayed on too long ended up going past my bus stop because it's not the normal bus I catch you see because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a different one I have to get on a Sunday I missed my bus stop and ended up with a, a 15 minute walk back to get to work and was late so I'm really cautious now I'm looking through the windows trying to figure out where I'm going and so because it's, it's a part of Gloucester that I don't go to other than to go to work and this is coming in the back way so I've got no idea where I am and it's dark as well still it's early morning I'm looking around trying to think, okay, don't get off the bus late. Don't get off the bus late. Don't get off the bus late. I see a roundabout and I think, no, I know I've got to get off at a roundabout. So I press the bell, jump off, look around and I'm thinking, I don't know where I am. So I got my phone out and did the old Google Maps jobby, the old uh, route planner. What's it? Rather than get off the bus late, I've got off the bus with my crippled neck and soaking wet hair and in lots of pain. Two stops too early. So now, rather than a 15-minute walk back that I had the previous week, I've now got a 25-minute walk forward to get to work. So I've walked in late anyway. And then to top it all off, I sit down. I, I get a bit of a roasting off the two bosses for being late, as rightfully I should. And, you know, it's not very professional. 
top it all off. Um, my break comes at 11 o'clock. I sit down. I've not even picked my bloody sandwiches up out of the fridge, have I? So I've got... Oh, wow. I've got wrecked neck. I've got hurt knees. I, I'm aching from falling down the stairs. I'm soaking wet hair. Freezing bloody cold. I've got a hangover. And I haven't even got my bloody sandwiches to eat or nothing, mate. So yesterday morning was an absolute sodding disaster for me. And I was fuming all day. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was just like a comedy of errors, just on Absolutely. top of each other. Absolute car wreck, man. And to top it I off, would, I would have bagged that day right off. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, I walk home um, and say, "Yeah, I love." I've had a bad day. I walked in. My my name would be dirt. It ain't worth it, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> um, and to top it all off, I mean today's been great. Monday's my day off. I've I've watch this fantastic wrestling match we're about to, to discuss in a, in a moment or two everything's been great i've totally forgotten about the awfulness of yesterday morning um i've made all my notes watching the match back this afternoon and then i go to get my drink um as i always do for when we're recording i like to have a drink ready as i suppose most people do when they're recording i get out me uh my hulk hogan pint glass mags ready there for, for, for me uh for me fizzy pop um opened up the cream soda the, the sort of 35p Happy Shopper cream soda stuff that I like from down the road in the off license. Bloody thing exploded all over me, didn't it? So now I'm sat here now with my notebook, some of the words are merging into each other because they're covered. <laughs> right. My I'm sat in a nice purple rockers t shirt with an image of Shawn Michaels throwing Marty Janetti through the glass in the barbershop window. It's a really cool t shirt I got for Christmas. That's so through to the skin in cream soda. My jogging bottoms that my daughter told me a week or two ago she wouldn't even wear them around the house they are <laughs> soaked in cream soda so at the moment um i may smell absolutely fantastic but in about 20 minutes or so i think i'm going to be sticky and horrible and gross <laughs> wow. so on what those two a, what an epic tale what well on those two car crashes tale. there absolute car crashes there how's your week been mate any cream soda related accidents <laughs> Do you know, there's funnily enough, no, there's not been any cream soda. I mean, I have no tales of war that can even compete with that. Um, so I think the best thing that's happened to me this week is my uh, coffee beans around for my new coffee machine. Uh, okay. But yeah, apart from that, um, yeah, maple walnut flavored coffee beans I've got. I I don't I don't my wife is mad into coffee she loves it loads of different vanilla flavors and she's got all the machines for this that the other but I'm I'm not a coffee drinker myself I never have been so I'm not hundred well, percent sure maybe that, like, this weekend uh, I have no idea it's just um, it, I've got a, a a bean to cup machine it's something I've wanted for a, for a long while and, and uh, the family all chipped together to get me one for Christmas so I'm it. making uh, the best of it nice nice. I, I prefer a nice cup of tea myself, mate. If yeah, I'm a, I like Yorkshire tea. I'm a, I don't mind Yorkshire tea. Ah, that's what I drink as well. Look at that. Isn't that funny? Yeah. There we go. We're more similar than we realise. <laughs> well, one of us and, is... Uh, uh, yeah, one of us has to do 270 degree, degrees right to turn left. <laughs> yeah, at the moment, mate. Definitely, at the moment. I would have loved to have seen you just rocking around that factory and just having to turn around pretty much a full circle to get to somewhere on your left-hand side. That would have been absolutely brilliant. I, I, at the moment, the job is um, I work in a, uh, an arts supplies place. 
Okay. Um, even though we're all going into a lockdown, apparently because we sell online, um, I'm listed as an essential worker because when there's a global pandemic, apparently everyone still needs their fucking paintbrushes. I don't know. But we, um, <laughs> so all I'm doing is literally packing art supplies. And it's okay when I'm doing the little stuff. And even the big stuff's not heavy. But trying to stretch my arms around some of these big canvases that these people want to paint at home is ridiculous. And I'm dropping stuff and people are looking at me like, what's wrong with this bloke? You know, <laughs> thinking I'm just some kind of moron. And I can't turn around and be like... What's that, whiff, of, what's that whiff of cream soda I can smell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, I'll tell you what. That, that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I smell fantastic right now. I really do. I'm going to pattern this. I'm going to make some kind of cream soda cologne. That this can't go wrong, mate. This is fantastic. This is this. This can go. This is going on the chain wrestling um, franchise. Yeah. yeah, along with along <laughs> the with the egg and cress, along with the egg and cress sandwich van. Me and you were going to set up to, to build up for our retirement. See? This is why you came up with the show with uh, ideas of, of how you can build a, a franchise, an empire, a cream an soda, <laughs> an egg and cress sandwich empire. <laughs> Oh, wow. okay then mate so um after after all my hopefully people find my you know miscomfort entertaining at least i suppose someone's got to get a giggle out of it not just the wife um should we move on to our fantastic topic that won the vote this week thank you to everybody who voted we had a great response again on twitter it's hugely appreciated it um, absolutely is with 64% of the votes this week the Okada versus Omega match, uh, the second one of their four-match series that mm. happened at Dominion in 2017, Max. Um, I re-watched it this afternoon. I, I know you said yourself you re-watched it as well. What were your initial thoughts, mate, going back to this, I suppose, even though it's not that old? Um, I think we can refer to it as a classic, can't we? Well, yeah, any, any match that, that breaks the... The, the Dave Meltzer scale uh, of, of star ratings, it's got to be at least up there with some of the best matches. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like uh, Meltzer, but I've always been of the opinion if he has a, if he gives a, a, a match a really good rating, it's something worth checking out, whether you yeah. agree with every single uh, word he says about it or not. That's the subjectivity of wrestling. But when a match breaks the the, the rating like, like uh, the, the Okada and, and Kenny matches do, I think they're incredibly worth checking out. And this is one I've not actually... Uh, gone back and, and watched as many times as, as some of the others, which is a, a shame, really, because going back and actually watching it, you can you can just see how they took a match at Wrestle Kingdom, which was was then slated as arguably the best match that there's ever been, and just one-upped it and, and just kind of did all the same similar things, but just made it slightly better and, and were just really kind of... Uh, pushing to be the absolute best uh, I, I, I just this feud is one of my favourite feuds ever, this uh, this quadrology of matches between uh, Akada and Omega, yeah I, I, I really enjoyed going back and revisiting this topic See, I, I, I'm going to say something now that's maybe a bit of a shocker, um, well it was a shocker for me finding it out um, I don't think I've seen this before Wow, I know I, 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 I got um uh, New Japan World to watch the Wrestle Kingdom match that involved Chris Jericho and that kind of was my start with New Japan rather than the odd match here and there that people would flag up on online via YouTube or whatever and I'd watch some bits and bobs on tapes that I'd get hold of when I was a kid without really knowing what I was watching if, if you know what I mean um, but sort of 
as a wrestling fan to the level I am now, I went back and watched the first one. I remember watching the third one and the the fourth one, which is an absolute barnstormer, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm watching this one back, and I mean, I don't know if it's. I mean, Kenny Omega's hair is considerably different. The the arena they're in didn't ring a bell. Um, Cody with the towel. All these things I'm looking at, and I'm thinking, I don't remember this. So I'm wow. not 100% sure if I've not seen this before, but just always assumed that I had, because I'd seen the other three, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. So yeah, it was, it was quite a surprise. And I, I'm fairly certain um, I'm not. So that was quite that was quite a nice little pleasant surprise for me this afternoon. Okay, um, so it does also mean that you saying last week it goes to a sixty-minute draw was a complete bloody spoiler for me about. <laughs> I've <ruined laughs> absolutely ruined the match for you. Um, so let's uh, let's just give a little bit of context about how we arrived at this match. Um, so the the previous Wrestle Kingdom we'd seen uh, Kenny take on Okada after after winning the G One. Uh, ultimately, uh, Carter defeated him, and then what usually happens then is we go into uh, tournaments like the New Japan Cup, which uh, Kenny was shockingly beat in the first round of uh, the the New Japan Cup in 2017. I think it was won by Shibata, who then uh, was beaten by Carter, and then we get to Dominion, which is kind of like um, New Japan SummerSlam. Uh, so it's like the second biggest show that they do, and Okada uh, actually challenged Kenny to a to a match. Um, so basically, he wanted to put over the fact that that Omega was his strongest ever challenger, and that he wanted to kind of like um, just rubber stamp the fact that he had be, he was the best in in New Japan, and wanted to 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 beat Kenny to that. Um, Going to a few uh, like, interviews that, that was uh, done after this match, uh, Kenny uh, said he thought it was a little bit too soon to revisit. He wanted this to kind of like uh, bubble and brew, uh, but because of how big this was for, for New Japan in terms of business and how they were looking to expand into the Western and Kenny was and the Bullicle were kind of front and centre of that, pushing him to uh, back to a, a match with with a card of met all the sense of the world because they wanted to put butts in seats uh, and and basically just kind of like really keep this momentum that New Japan had going. Um, so that's what led to uh, to uh, Dominion Six Eleven uh, Osaka Joe Hall uh, Kenny versus uh, Okada too. Yeah, and and what a contest it was. Um... 11,700 odd were in the building for us. Mm-hmm. And one thing that's really sort of stood out to me watching that today, Japanese crowds are very different anyway, aren't they, Max? They're kind of yeah. a bit more, I don't want to say subdued because they're into it as much as anyone else, but I suppose noise level and responses are different. It's a different culture, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, watching Wrestle Kingdom with a very minimal amount of fans this year, I didn't massively notice that the pandemic was affecting the show if that makes sense because i'm not yeah. seeing new japan for a while but then comparing that to what i saw today back in 2017 i did really notice a difference do you know what i mean yeah i understand and i think the the thing with japanese uh wrestling fans is kayfabe is still considered very much a, a real thing over in japan these uh wrestling is uh reported alongside 
traditional actual sports uh, when you see the the, the backstage uh, interviews and the backstage promos they're always genuine sports uh, reporters who are who are there to, to to get the comments from the rest of so it's really looked at as kind of like a, an actual competition rather than a scripted play fat so uh, and then you you look at the like the Japanese culture and it, it's a, a very subdued culture anyway. There's a if you you'll you'll have known uh, notice when you watch uh, live events on New Japan. Uh, there's there's usually a, like the promos before the event that shows like the kind of the rules of uh, of, of being in attendance, like where you're not allowed to uh, reach out to touch the wrestlers. You're not allowed to like. Uh, scream and shout you will be ejected you're not allowed to kind of uh upset your 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 fellow fans so it, it has always been a very kind of respectful uh culture and, and that really does kind of uh permeate down into into the wrestling fans i think some um some places around the world and and to be honest some people on wrestling twitter could learn a lot from that couldn't they <laughs> other wrestling fans. But, um, absolutely absolutely yeah um Something else you say there about the, the rules uh, and so on appearing before the match and that. How cool is the little video they had showing the XIWGP champions all running through in date order? Yeah, prior, prior to the entrances. I love that. That's brilliant. And and I, I also really like the fact that they keep a uh, like a number score of uh, how many champions they've been. It's something that has really always fascinated me. When you see like uh, the schedules for New Japan, you'll always see like, for instance, um, Kota Ibushi, the the current champion, is the like the sixty eighth and forty uh, fifth champion. And it's, it's I thought that's a really good kind of like. Link back to history. You don't really see that uh, in WWE, at least, uh, where they'll um, they'll they'll show that there's a, a lineage to this title, uh, and you can really kind of like go back and trace it back. And I think when he got to a card, it showed him like he was like the fiftieth, and then the sixtieth, and, and so on and so on. I really like that kind of attention to detail that they give with New Japan. Yeah, I mean, I I love stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm a proper. Not not saying I'm good at maths, so I don't mean it in that way, but I am kind of a numbers geek, I guess, with regards to <laughs> dates and title reigns and, and all that sort of thing. So I, I love that point of reference, I guess. And also, I think it adds prestige to what the guys are fighting for. If you've mm-hmm. got no... If you're battling for a title, whether it's in New Japan, WWE, wherever, um, the whole to me, the whole point of you being in this company is that regardless of whether you're a tag guy or... Uh, a mid-card guy or whatever you should be looking to be the best or you shouldn't be in in the yeah. sport for want of a better term so making the title seem very prestigious very sought after very important to me really sets the tone for the whole the whole show the whole company and the whole promotion in general i think yeah absolutely and i totally agree with you especially when you can uh put on your resume that you were among the 60 people in history who have been the iwgp heavyweight champion it's it's something that you could be absolutely proud of uh you compare that to uh again wwe you you don't know your place in the in the in the order you don't know how many champions have come before you or how many champions are coming after you just labeled as a WWE champion. I really think that the the New Japan way really sticks out and makes you kind of stand out from the crowd. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, okay, so we get the the entrances of the two competitors. Um, Omega comes out to his old music that they had in New Japan, which I all thought was mm. I, I enjoyed that. I always thought that was good as an entrance scene. It's very sort of 
I don't know how to word it, very epic sounding. It made him yeah. seem important. Um, Okada comes out and he obviously couldn't make his mind up which of his big sparkly jackets to wear this evening. So, <laughs> so he chucked on two. So we have we have Okada two coats there coming down to the ring. Um, and, and the match gets underway and I suppose you get the same, similar to the match we watched last week in the chain that led us to where we are now with, with Joe and Punk. You get the start there where they're kind of sort of trying to feel each other out a little bit, and then you get a quick burst of moves, a quick burst of uh, speed, and it slows back down again a little bit. And it's almost setting the stall for knowing that we're going to go long, isn't it, Mags? Yeah, I thought exactly that. Uh, what uh, uh, when you when you watch the beginning of this and then you compare it to obviously the the the, the Wrestle Kingdom uh, match that they had uh, five months previously. One thing you notice straight away is, is the slow start and and knowing the result after, um, beforehand, you can tell the the kind of like settling in, knowing that they're going for a, for a long haul and, and and still kind of revisiting the spots that they had in the in the in the first match because let's face it, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. You you have destroyed the, the rating scale uh, of one of the most renowned wrestling um, uh, analysts in the world. Why would you not go back to that? Well, it absolutely would make sense, but they they played it so well, knowing that they were adding an extra 10, 15 minutes to the to the match to to really take it slow. Then it, they also added a kind of a nuance for me where they knew what what each other was thinking, and it was kind of almost like it would take that one little slip up. For, for for the for the person to to be able to take advantage, and we we kind of got that in the first few minutes where uh, it was it was so kind of back and forward that, that uh, a Carter and a and Omega both knew what each other were wanting to do, both were looking to to finish really quickly and, and really kind of a uh, rubber stamp the fact that they were the best wrestler, uh, but. Obviously, we we know that that wasn't going to be the case, and this was going to be an epic of of all proportions. Yeah, and we had a few few little moments as well, kind of leaning into what the match was was going to be as a story throughout the length of the contest. I mean, um, there was a great deal based around could Omega hit the one winged angel? Um, mm-hmm. Don Callis on commentary. Um, at the beginning, I've, he almost came across quite Bobby Heenan at Royal Rumble 92-esque with the whole Ric Flair bias with regards to the bias towards Kenny Omega and saying about New Japan being very corporate and um, Okada being their chosen corporate champion and everything's against Omega and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kept citing and, and shouting and yelling about if he hits that move, it's over and no one's kicked out of it. And he gets teased a few times and you can hear the crowd really reacting to the tease of this move. Like it's going to be the end, no matter what. Um, and yeah. quite early on as well, we see Okada tweak his knee from the drop kick attempt. And they keep going back to that as well. Omega keeps, you know, a few moves on, on this, this knee that maybe has, has took a knock through this drop kick attempt. Um, and the commentators keep throwing back to it as well. I think it's very clever storytelling for for this contest. Yeah, absolutely. And um, to kind of uh, throw props to uh, one of my friends on Twitter, Ray Cash, um, one of the things he hates about wrestling is when you focus on a body part like that and then you forget about it mm. and all of a sudden you are able to use that body part as if, as if nothing happened. Uh, in this match, 
that that in going into the last 10 15 minutes that that definitely did happen Okada definitely forgot that he'd uh he'd had a, an injured knee and even we got uh like I said about the commentary we got Don Callis basically shouted at Kenny to to start working back on that knee which kind of shows just the 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 wrestling man that Don Callis has got and, and look now we're four years on and he's still linked with Kenny Omega now arguably doing some of the, the best work in, in Western wrestling. Um yeah it's just it's just really good throwbacks to see I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um some of the and I suppose it's to be expected when you've got potentially the two best in the world at this stage in the ring mm-hmm. together, putting off a match that is heralded as one of the best of all time. You're going to see some incredible moments. Let's be honest. That, that, yeah. that fits the bill. It's obvious. Um, a few that stood out for me relatively early on. and Well, maybe not even early on going through the first half an hour. Um, Okada hits a crossbody on the outside. He jumps over the guardrail to hit Omega with a crossbody. And it just looks yeah. incredible. With Omega between the sort of two fences they have with New Japan. Yeah, it's absolutely glorious. It's such a, um, like I said, they threw everything at each other. Uh, I like the the snap runner from uh, Omega at the beginning, and then he's uh, teasing for the rise of the Terminator. The fans all get into it, and then oh, a car just that. comes in with a massive big boot and just proper floors uh, Omega. I love the way that these two guys knew how to get you so invested that you were you was itching for a move to happen and then they cut you off right at the end really really uh good at, at kind of tugging at your emotional strings i suppose oh definitely definitely um speaking of things that looked glorious we had um kenny omega hitting a moonsault from the top rope right to the outside that was <laughs> insane and the fact that he jumped onto the top rope and almost lost his balance a little bit i think and sort of re- but, but we're it. still able, yeah, we're still able. I mean, uh, Don Callis mentioned it on the commentary, saying uh, Kenny at two two twenty two thirty is able to do things that that juniors weren't able to do. The way he was able to keep balance there and still pull off that move, absolutely glorious. It's it's the one of the best wrestlers in the world at his absolute peak. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Apologies if anyone can hear some background noise going on at the moment. I'm not sure if anything's being picked up here or not, but there's some absolute dick splat out the back, letting off fireworks where I live. I can't can't hear it. So great stuff where I live is, um, uh, I don't like it. I hate it, but no doubt you're going to hear my dog and my cats going absolutely batshit crazy about these fireworks now. So just bear that in mind. If anyone can hear any noises in the background, I do apologize, but it's the glorious people who live in this area. I'm afraid. Um, Omega takes an absolutely horrid bump, I think, on the apron from a Death Valley driver, um, as they call oh, it on commentary. Um, yeah, that, and it just yeah. looked so rigid, so stiff. Such a, I mean, it's literally a driver. He's driven into the mat, isn't he? Yeah, it's and 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 this this. I think it was Kevin Kelly who said on on the commentary about how you could see the wind uh, being forced out of Kelly from that. And obviously, we know commentary is there to provide hyperbole. But you genuinely could feel it. There was the the slow motion replay. He just landed flat back on the edge of the apron. Oh my god! It was such a a brutal move. These guys threw everything at each other, and then we got the the table spot not long after that when uh um 
you, the shot for me was um, when Okada had led uh, Kenny on the table and you could see the, just behind Kenny, all the cameramen and the books kind of like blocking it like, like they were almost watching um, a, a car accident where they were just rubbernecking and they were just, everybody wanted to get a good view. Uh, Okada with that um, macho man style elbow and yeah. those, fo- those fucking Japanese tables. They must be made of marble. I don't think they would. I think they are sheets of marble because that table, you could have still let your dinner off it afterwards. They were, they were just no breaking it whatsoever. Just absolutely brutal. Yeah, I mean, they look they look like real tables, don't they? It's not like they, in they, WWE. They look like a door attached to a table frame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I mean, that's probably sturdier than my house, to be fair. <laughs> Those tables. I want to see if I can get some, sort of knock them up against the walls and just you know, reinforce this place a little bit, maybe. Um, Omega um, gets hit as well by... Uh, I, I don't know what they call it. Is it a shotgun dropkick? On the outside, that sends him into the ring barrier again, the crowd barrier again. Sorry, and again, yeah. that was incredibly brutal, and the noise is unbelievable. Um, he also Omega, sorry, um, gets hit with a German suplex, and basically gets his head driven straight into the mat, and it looks brutal and terrible, and it's just such hard hitting stuff. And I know, I know the old adage is, oh, it's supposed to, you know. It's predetermined. It's this, that, the other. But there's moment for me. The best moments in wrestling is when you're watching as a fan. You can suspend your disbelief, and mm-hmm. what you're watching sucks you in as being real. Or there are moments where you look at and go, "Okay, that must have hurt," regardless of you know the situation. Yeah. And this absolutely. match was absolutely. This match looked like a real fight. Yeah, definitely. It it definitely was. Uh, if there's, there's plenty of shots when uh, Akada, who for me is one of the best sellers in the world, the the ways he it can subtly sell rather than have to like kind of like uh, go all out and go over the top. He's got a massive welt on his eyebrow from where yeah. he's taking proper shots. I mean, these guys were not holding back. Obviously, we as, as fans know that it's predetermined, but these guys were throwing everything at each other i mean the drop kicks when uh when uh akada landed them and he for me the drop his drop kick in this match was absolutely superb he used it perfectly to avoid v uh v triggers and to avoid the one-winged angel you can see where he's putting that extra little bit of kind of stank in it to to really uh force on that this is uh this is a battle uh you can see like the the extra kind of like the inches that he's pushing them for for uh, for the kicks to connect, it's absolutely brutal. The 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 chop and punch battles that they do, the forearm battles. Jesus Christ, my jaw was hurting watching this. <laughs> Never mind uh, a Carter and Omega's jaw. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, Mags, talk to me about the whole Cody Rhodes thing. Cody comes out with a bullet club at some stage during the match, sort of towards the end, I suppose. And he's t- he's he's looking like he's going to throw the towel in when Omega is looking. Slightly worse for wear, shall we say. Um, You are far more knowledgeable about New Japan in any era than I. Um, (laughs) Explain to me what was going on there. Right, so this, uh, I mean, I don't know if you uh, are a watcher of uh, Being the Elite, but this was kind of uh, the start of the fracturing of Bullet Club. Obviously, we know of the Elite, of uh, Kenner and the Bucks, but Cody had been drafted into... uh, 
into uh, New Japan. He uh, he had this kind of attitude that he was a, a huge star, um, and he was uh, was brought into Bullet Club, and it it was almost like he wanted to to take over Bullet Club. Basically, he wanted to be in charge of Bullet Club. He's very friendly with the books. Him and Kenny were friendly at the beginning, but then you could see uh, there was fracturing there. And uh, at the time, uh, Cordy had tried to get the uh, the, the Tongans on side uh, with uh, Tama and, and uh, Tangalore and, and Bad Luck Farley. Um, so we were getting to this kind of subtle heel turn of Cordy where we were going to get... Uh, eventually Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. Um, and this is when he came out. Um, he wanted, obviously, to be the, the star of Bullet Club, so he came out with the towel, uh, with the rest of the, 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 the Bullet Club, with the Tongans. And it was, it was really subtly how he was showing that he was the heel, even though he was coming out to defend Kenny. To, to stop Kenny taking uh, taking the punishment, so it, it was basically just to build for for that that kind of storyline to come off. Ah, okay, that makes a lot of sense because you end up eventually with Omega, um, uh, Omega, uh, Cody, and I can't remember the third person in a triple threat at some stage. Abusha. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember now, yeah. I mean, again, like I said, I missed this show, and I don't watch being the elite, so I, yeah. I can understand they were sort of heading towards well, some issues in Bullet Club, but the exact details I wasn't sure of. Yeah. So if if you go back again when when you next watch this match and you see the books are stopping Corey from throwing the towel in, and then that's uh, uh, Kenny starting to make his comeback, and then all the the, the Bullet Club kind of surround the ring and they're doing the the Terminator slaps mm. on on the on the apron. There's only Corey who's not doing it, uh, yeah. and even though he's he's kind of um, supporting um, uh, Kenny with with uh, like the, the shouting along with the with the the rest of the club, he's never there applauding. He's never there um, uh, uh, cheering along with him. He's and he's the one who's always kind of watching the clock. I think when he gets to the, the last five minutes, he's the one who, who tells everybody, "Oh, it's five minutes to go," because he. He essentially wants Kenny to lose because he wants to be uh, the the head of Bullet Club, and even after this match, he's the one who then goes on to uh, to challenge Okada uh, in um, in the G One special in the US. And his words were, "You've never faced a real superstar," uh, so really kind of like backhand slapping uh, his leader in Kenny Omega with with, with those kind of comments. Yeah, little subtleties as well, isn't it? That, like mm-hmm. you said, not not joining in with the the Terminator slaps and so on. It's quite clever, isn't it? Long term subtleties thrown in here mm-hmm. and there to tell the story. It, it's brilliant stuff. Um, eventually, Omega hits the the one winged angel, um, but Akada gets to the ropes. So I suppose it carries on the the tale of no one's kicked out of this move, and he barely gets to the ropes, doesn't he? He's, he's all really literally like. Two point nine nine nine. That was so yeah. so close. I mean, I don't even think he actually made contact with the rope. He's just his foot was was beyond the rope because uh, he, he he like leaned it through the ropes and his his toes basically saved saved that match. And yeah, the 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 one winged angel was so well protected. I mean, com- compare that to Okada, who, who was who was then the champion. He it's I think four maybe five rainmakers in this match. So. It, that's a move that clearly can't keep anybody down 
because he has to hit it so many times. But the one-winged angel, it gets hit once, and it's the closest we get to a pin in the whole of the match. Now, I don't want to dang talk um, Mr. Okada in the slightest. <laughs> However, this Rainmaker move, yes, it looks great. Yes, it's quite stiff and hard-hitting. And yes, it's built up big time by um, the commentators and so on. And the crowd react to it as well, as as much as they can in Japan, I guess. But let's be honest, it's a short-arm clothesline. Jake Roberts was doing this in the mid-80s, wasn't he? Jake Roberts was holding onto somebody's wrist and giving them a short-arm clothesline like this in the 80s. It's not, it's not a one-winged angel. It's not a crossroads. It's not something unique, is it? Let's be fair, you know? Uh, I, I understand. I think it's the the when he grabs the waist and he and he, he puts the spin in it. That's the the little added oh, the old factor, sort of, I suppose. Sort of ripboard, <laughs> sort of efforts, like like with the old. Yeah, wardrobe, so yeah? I, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> Maybe that's um, why recently he's changed to the money clip because he knows that the. Uh, he, he may have been watching some Bradshaw matches and thought, you know what, he does a better clothesline than me. I'll switch to the money clip. Yeah. Or perhaps going back and looking at Jake Roberts, and uh, you know, he's, he's got yeah. his WWE Network subscription, I imagine, Mr. Okada. <laughs> sat, sat in his place in Japan, watching back this Tuesday in Texas or, or something like that. And he sees Jake Roberts throw that short-arm clothesline and he goes, you know what? If Jake the Snake can't win a match with it, what the bloody hell am I thinking? I'm going to change yeah. what I'm doing, man. You know, because he's, he's an intelligent fella. He's probably seen this and just thought, I'm, I'm going to change up what I'm doing, and, and rightfully so. Because that money clip's a good move, isn't it? I'd, uh, no, I don't like it. Really? No. <laughs> I, went really, I, think... I went really, really squeaky then, didn't I? Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I shocked you. I absolutely yeah. shocked you. Uh, no, I think... I, think uh, I like Red Ink when he does uh, the Red Ink kind of like... Um, STO uh, variant. I like that as a as a submission move. But yeah, the money clip, it's it, it's all right. I don't like him finishing with it. I want to see a rainmaker. Short arm clothesline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, more moves, I guess, um, that looked ridiculous and vicious and dangerous. We had plenty of V triggers. Um, we had a spinning or twisting tombstone. Um, and of course, those Snapdragon suplexes that Omega throws. Oh my word, they are. They look so vicious, so aggressive. The, it's just, the, it's just again, it's just brilliant it, stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's the speed that it hits them with. Um, it was just, yeah, they're absolutely brutal. And 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 another thing, I've got a, I've really got a heat praise on with New Japan is they are so good at finding uh, perfect camera angles. Uh, I don't know if you uh, you'll be aware, but there was a match uh, a couple of years ago, maybe between Will Ospreay and Ibushi, uh, and then. Um, the, the camera work there was when uh, Will Ospreay kind of did a flip and landed on his feet and Ibushi yeah. was stood there behind him. Well, this one, they had a, a, a carder was uh, was in the corner and we got uh, um, Kenny coming from the opposite corner, flying across the ring to hit a V-trigger, but the camera was in just the perfect position for it to look absolutely disgustingly brutal, like he'd... Like he'd Pounded uh, a Carter's head clean into the post. It was brutal and great camera work. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I suppose that kind of takes us to our finish, Mags, doesn't it? Or, or mm-hmm. I suppose, in a way, non-finish. I guess. Um, Okada hits his his rainmaker. Um, 
Omega's out, out here, isn't he? He's done. He's on. He's flat on his back, completely out. He, he's he's done. Okada's dragging himself after an hour of this hard hitting action to attempt to make the cover as the clock runs down. Can't quite get there in time. The bell rings when it looks like he could have potentially, if he made the cover, actually won the match. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the the kind of uh, the big moment in this, or, or the 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 highlight, is when. Uh, Okada goes for for that that one final rainmaker that will finish the match, and Kenny collapses just yep. under his just under his own steam. But it's 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 a, such a subtle and such a simple um, way of avoiding a rain uh, a rainmaker, but it's the the perfect timing that um, Kenny is dropping just as the Rainmaker just glides above his head. Such great storytelling. Uh, Kenny is absolutely down on the floor, worn out. Okada slams into the into the corner because obviously he was hoping to, uh, to, to hit it and his kind of momentum took him uh, into the corner. And, and then we, we get that, that slow build then to the end where both guys have, have, have really give all that they can, but they want that just that one last boost of a uh, adrenaline to just kind of get this this match over the line. We get uh, a Carter hitting that that bridge in German. We get uh, Omega going for a small package. Uh, this both I think. Um, to get out of that, Okada hits the drop kick. They struggle to get to the feet. Omega grabs the ropes to to stop getting hit with the the rainmaker. We get that snapdragon. Drop kick again, which again I thought was one of Okada's uh, best weapons in this match was the drop kick. It really saved him so many times, and then we get that one final uh, rainmaker absolutely brutalizes Kenny. Both guys go down. Okada goes for the cover, and time runs out perfectly timed, just like the the Punk and and, um, and uh, Samoa Joe, where the timing was was so well done that that we just couldn't get that 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 definitive winner. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I really, really enjoyed watching this back. Um, well, maybe not watching it back, maybe for the first time. Um, I, either way, I really enjoyed <laughs> watching this today. So, first of all, it was a brilliant suggestion by yourself, and it's awesome that the, the people listening voted for this to win. Um, as always, Mags, well... Maybe not as always, because I forgot the one time, but most of the time we try <laughs> to rate what we see out of 10. I imagine in the same way the last couple of matches have been, this is going to be quite high. Um, I'll let you go first, sir. Where, where would you like to uh, place this out of 10 on our rating scale? Okay, so I've made it clear that I think that Akada versus Omega 4 is the closest to perfect that uh, I've seen in my time as a wrestling fan. So that doesn't quite reach these hearts for me. Um, so I, I, I don't feel comfortable giving it a 10, knowing that, that I, I don't want to be a Dave Meltzer and have to give a match 11 out of 10. So I'm, I also think that this is maybe the best match we've watched so far. Uh, so we've given quite a few nans. So I'm, I'm going to have to go on 9.5. I'm nine and a half. To, yep. Yeah, I'm going to have to give it nine and a half. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. That, that that makes a lot of sense the way you explain that. Um, I'm probably going to go a touch less than yourself. Um, okay. I I think 
that, like you said, we've, we've seen some great matches already. Um, it's uh, it's not as good as Omega Okada 4, as you said. That's I know you said in the past that's one of your favourite matches of all time. I absolutely love that contest too. It's not quite as good as that, so to me, I can't give it four marks. Um, I did enjoy this more than Joe versus Punk last week, though, and that was an eight Ooh. for me. Yeah. So I think a nine for me is is pretty accurate. I enjoyed watching this as much as I enjoyed watching Cena Punk for different reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a nine for me, uh, and I said a nine and a half for yourself. Um, yeah, I mean that's fair enough. Um, I think that's the first time we've we've really been slightly different on our on our ratings. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it could have been potentially the full 10 if they'd held this match inside a steel cage with a straight jacket. <laughs> I think that may have added that last. <laughs> wow. That could, it could have. It absolutely could have. But to be fair, neither Okada or Omega have the arms of um, Big Papa Pump to be able to rip that reinforced cloth. So maybe it wouldn't have worked as well. Who knows? Um, on Twitter this week, we had a few interactions here and there, but there's only really one I want to jump to this week, and that is from our good friend Scott Robertson, who has messaged the show pretty much every week since we started. Big supporter of the Chain Wrestling Podcast. Really thankful for that, Scott. Hugely appreciated. Um, he puts in something that I think I'm going to leave you to discuss and you to run through, Mags, because you're far more knowledgeable about this topic than I. Um, he has just simply asked, the four matches Omega and Okada had, rank them in order of greatness. Oh, Scott, you absolute evil. <laughs> uh, right, so going bottom to top for me, I would go with um, Okada versus Omega from the G1 uh, when uh, Kenny got his, I think that was his, his first win. Um, not not because it's a, a a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. It, that's what kind of a uh, led to uh, to Kenny uh, being able to challenge for that title again. Um, but it was it was the shortest match. I think it was only about twenty five minutes long. Uh, still got uh, six stars, so it's absolutely one of the the best matches you will ever ever see. And it's it's weird ranking these four matches and and saying there's a worse one. It's absolutely. It baffles me. Uh, then I would go with the one we've just watched now. Um, it was a, an, another stunning match, and I'm really glad that it won the the pick. And, and arguably, it's higher rated than than the original. Um, but that, I think that original one was was the bar setter for me. It showed what these two guys could do. So that one sneaks in at number two. The one from Wrestle Kingdom. Um, uh, 2017 that would be the second one and then number one I'll make no bones about it it's the seven star match for a reason it's what made Kenny uh, call himself uh, the the best bout machine it's uh, a Carter versus Omega 4 for me the one where Kenny finally wins that uh, IWGP world heavyweight title uh, and the best out of, best two out of three falls match where both Kenny and Okada uh, said we don't want a time limit on this because we need a definitive uh, winner. I think going into this into that fourth match, the, the record was one one and one for wins, losses, and draws. So we we finally got the Kenny really kind of um, 
vanquishing that 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 four of, of Okada. So I'd rank it um, the th- third match, then the first match. No, third match, then the second match, then the first match, then the fourth match. Okay, so what's that? Three, two, one, four. Is that right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Okay, there we go. Thank you again, Scott, for that. Um, and, and I want to say very quickly, thank you to everyone who who tweets the show, votes mm-hmm. in the polls. It makes it makes it so much more fun and interesting for me and Mags whilst we're doing this. Obviously, you can get hold of the show on Twitter at chain underscore wrestling. Um, I always do try and put out what's won the poll in advance of me and Mags recording so people can get questions and thoughts in and can make suggestions as to where we can possibly go from the winner of that for the next show. Um, and me and Mags have used suggestions off Twitter from, from you fellas and ladies um, for the next episode ourselves already. So, yeah, keep it up. It's brilliant. The interaction is great. The feedback is great. The more we get, the easier it is for me and Mags to, to shape the show as to what people want to hear. So I, I, I know I'm very appreciative of all that, and I know you are as well, Mags, yeah? Absolutely. Okay, speaking of suggestions, links, and so on, we'll look at where we're heading next week, I guess, mate. Um, shall I go first? Um, yeah, let's, let's see where, where you, uh, you take us. Okay. Um, being in New Japan really sort of got me thinking about how I can use New Japan, the events they have, or even potentially Kenny Omega being Canadian and the whole Winnipeg links with Jericho. And There's plenty of options there, I think. But especially with regards to New Japan and the people who have worked there and the quality of matches they have and the unique tournaments they have. There's so many tournaments in New Japan, isn't there? Um, Kenny, to, to get the initial shot at Wrestle Kingdom, because obviously this is the this is the rematch, isn't it, from the, the Wrestle Kingdom contest between he and Okada. Kenny, to get the match at Wrestle Kingdom, um, initially he had to win the G1 to earn that, that title shot, didn't he, Max? Yep. Correct. Okay. And the G1 has been running for many years now, is it? 20-odd years, I think it is. So many great competitors, so many great memories, um, so many great winners of the G1. Um, and it goes way, way, way back. Um, but before the G1, there was, before it was named the G1, they had a tournament called the IWGP tournament. And it was like the precursor for the G1. And it was very much the same principle, the sort of round-robin league system with points and so on. Um so I'd like to use that to link back to effectively uh, 1983. And we're going to look at the winner of the very first IWGP tournament. Again, the precursor to the G1. Um, and that winner headlined WrestleMania 7 in 1991. And that was Hulk Hogan. So we could potentially go back and watch Hulk Hogan save the world. <laughs> these, these links get more and more convoluted every single time that you do. It's absolutely brilliant. But we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna. I'm gonna save that for Christmas or something, maybe as a special treat for us, Max. Um, <laughs> very quickly, the real link I'm going with is these these two at this stage, like me and Mags discussed earlier on. Um, we're, 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 in my opinion, and I've, I think the opinion of many other people, the best two in the world at this point. And obviously they went an hour and drew here. Uh, it may be a bit of a stretch, but it's something I'm really curious about. In 1996, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, in my opinion, were the two of the best in the world in ring. And they went a whole hour 
and Drew, even though there was overtime at WrestleMania 12, the Iron Man match. Now, I want to go back and have a little look at that with you, Max, and with the listeners and the feedback on Twitter, because the main reason being, maybe not to look back on this match with fond memories, but because it is so divisive. It is, it is so... Some people talk about it being an absolute clinic, being an absolute classic, and then some people say it's boring as hell. And I don't think, as big a Bret Hart fan as I am, and as big a Shawn Michaels fan as I am, I don't think I've watched this match back in a long, long time. So I'm really curious as to hear people's feedback on the social media accounts we have for chain wrestling, my own thoughts when I go back and watch it for the first time in a long time, and then obviously your thoughts as to whether this is an excellent 60-minute exhibition of brilliant wrestling with drama at the end with the overtime and so on, or is it just a contest between two big egos that sucks balls and is boring as hell? Um, so my link via the hour draw, hour long draw that happened, um, and the two competitors uh, potentially being the best in the world at that time, is to go back to WrestleMania 12 and watch the Iron Man contest between WWF champion Bret the Hitman Hart and his challenger, Raw Rumble winner Shawn Michaels. Hmm. Interesting. It's a it's a, a a great pick. It'd be fun dissecting what is arguably um, what, especially comparing it against what two matches that have been uh, labelled as, as some of the very best Broadways, and and one like you said that has been so divisive uh, among wrestling fans. Yeah, it's um, kind of where my mindset went after mm-hmm. watching this hour long today. I thought it, everyone praises this hour. Of, of competition as being superb but you, you go back x amount of years you've got this other contest where some people absolutely love it and other mm-hmm. people say it it's it's a big pile of steaming dog dirt so it's like you know i'm interested to see what people's thoughts i'm interested to see what your thoughts are but what are you going to put up against it my friend what's what's going to potentially knock okay. this down this week so i've got um I've got a few pathways I'm, I'm interested in going down, uh, and I especially want to kind of uh, uh, use the fact that you you've uh, got New Japan World uh, for for the month of, of January, and thought we might as well uh, put it to some some good use. Yeah. Um, so I've, I'm looking at perhaps um, if we look at. Uh, this match, this match was was the headliner of Dominion Six Eleven. I want to go back to when Kenny made his Dominion debut uh, as a singles wrestler. He'd, he'd been in uh, some of the multi-mans beforehand, but his actual debut as uh, as a singles wrestler was when he was uh, still in the the junior heavyweights uh, division, and he was actually went into uh, Dominion uh, twenty fifteen as the as the junior heavyweight champion and he faced uh what would arguably be called the the former ace of the the junior division for new japan kushida um but then i also thought why not take that link and then use uh kushida who is who is widely regarded as, as one of the best ever junior heavyweight wrestlers in in history and uh, I had a quick look at uh, his kind of uh, stats as as uh, as it comes to uh, renowned matches, and he's only actually got one five star match in his whole career, and that was against Will Osprey uh, in the in the Best of the Super Juniors final for uh, 2017. So I'm tempted to go with that because obviously 
any match. I mean, what you think about Will Ospreay as a person or uh, his kind of uh, his attitude, the guy knows how to put on uh, on good matches. And that'll link it to something I actually want to bring up uh, after I've, I've told you my pick. Uh, but I'm not going to go with them. I'm going to go with Kenny's first ever five-star match. Uh, the, the match that really kind of put him uh, front and centre as, as arguably the, the best bout machine about uh, the, the match of the year factory. I'm going to go with from Nat 18 of the the G1 uh, of 2016, Kenny Omega taking on Tetsuya Nato, where he he wins his block for the the 2016 G1, and then he will uh, ultimately win the G1 and and lead into that that match uh, at Wrestle Kingdom that started this uh, quadrology of, of amazing matches with Kazuchi Okada. So I would like to go to August the 13th, 2016, New Japan G1 Climax, Na 18, Kenny versus Nato. I'm, I'm a huge Naito fan. I, I love this guy. He's fantastic. <laughs> um, I, I suppose, again, I talk about my family quite a bit. Uh, on the shows that we do my daughter is a massive Naito fan as well um, and again it's testament to how good the match was that we've watched today that it went uh, well not nearly this particular match but the hour the matches they've had Okada and Omega going as long as they have my daughter who at the time was a few years younger than she is now she's 11 now so she might, however old she was back then um, seven or eight potentially my math isn't very good apologies but she would sit through and watch the whole hour long matches from New Japan captivated uh, she wouldn't do that for any other company. So again, it just shows, I suppose, the quality of wrestling New Japan has. Um, sorry, that was a little bit of a, a, a sidetrack there. But uh, Naito, I'm a big fan of. Omega, obviously, I love. The G1 is a brilliant tournament. The wrestling in the G, well, the wrestling in New Japan is fantastic. If anyone's listening to this mm-hmm. show and they've not given New Japan a try, they've not spent the money to um, get the New Japan New Japan World app, I suppose, or service, uh, streaming service they have. It's well worth it. It's 999 yen, which works out, what, Max? About six, seven quid, is it? Something like that? Yeah, I think it's about £7.20. Yeah, okay, seven, yeah. It's well worth it. If if you're actually into the in-ring quality is unbelievable. It's really worth it. And and ultimately, if if you pay for the service... um, and you don't like it, you've lost six, seven quid. What's that? Yeah. Two pound, two pound a week or whatever. Yeah. But it's and, well worth And uh, whilst it's not as kind of in depth and, and intuitive as the WWE network, you can certainly go back and, and watch the, a lot of the wrestlers who, you know, the, the, the likes of uh, Chris Jericho, the likes of uh, Finn Balor, um, the books, you can go back and, and just binge all those matches for the sake of seven quid for a month. And go then back and watch Hulk Hogan mags. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go back and watch Brock Lesnar as a RWGP heavyweight champion. Yeah, exactly. It's well worth a look. And that Mags is an absolutely fantastic pick. Omega versus Naito, night eighteen of the G1 2016. So there we go. Those are the options for the next link in the chain. As always, you decide where we go. You have the Iron Man contest between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12. Or you have 
Kenny Omega versus Tatsu Naito at the G1 in 2016, Night 18. This new, well, one absolute barnstormer of a match and one that maybe splits opinions. Could be an interesting discussion either way. Thank you very, very much for the interaction we've had. I hope to look, I hope to have more this week and plenty of votes coming in, deciding where we head next. Um, Mags, tell everyone where we can find you, please, mate. Okay, well, uh, just before we go, I did a little... Uh, you said uh, uh, earlier that you were a kind of like a, a sucker for for numbers and, and dates and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I did um, a little bit of a... A little bit of maths myself. Uh, I wanted to know whether, uh, because co- coming out of this match, Kenny was known as the best bout machine. He was known as the the match of the year factory. I wanted to kind of like work out whether he was actually the 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 what he says he is. Whether he is the best bout machine. So I, I went and got a list of uh, the the wrestlers with the the most five star rated matches. Is it Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan was was definitely not. I've I've just got the top ten, uh, so he definitely did not make that top ten. Um, so I'm just going to run down the actual top ten now. So uh, okay. um, uh, joint seven. So there's four people in seventh place. You've got Minami Toyota, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, and Will Ospreay with thirteen uh, five stars each. Then in six, you've got Akira Tawe, uh with fifteen. Kenny is in fifth. With 17, uh, joint third is a uh, Toshiaki Kawada and Kazuchika Okada with 21 each. Uh, then second is Kenta Kobashi with 23, and number one is uh, Mitsuwara Misawa with 25. Now that straight away would say that Kenny isn't the uh, the best bout machine because he's is only fifth. But I don't think that tells the tr- the true story uh, because. These people have wrestled totally different numbers of matches. So what I wanted to do is get a percentage to see how many matches they'd wrestled and how many of those matches were five-star matches. And this shows how much of a nerd I am. <laughs> no, go on. This, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I imagine, okay. by now, I imagine by now everyone else has pressed stop on the podcast. But go yeah, on. Just, <laughs> skip right to the end. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, revising that top 10 uh, we've actually now got in in 10th we've got Minami Toyota uh, she had she had 13 five star matches out of 20 out, out of 2700 actual matches for a, a percentage of 0.48 then we've got two in joint now for it's uh, uh, Tanahashi and Akira Tower uh, uh, Tanahashi had 13 um, matches um, a five star and above out of 2,381 currently uh, for 0.54 and, and Tawe had 15 out of 2,766 again for 0.54 then we get Kawada in 7th uh, he had 21 um, five star matches out of 2,898 which is a 0.72% then the, the the leader for mat, for actual five star matches is uh, Masawa. He comes in at sixth with his twenty five uh, five star rated matches, going up against three thousand four hundred eighteen, uh, which leaves him at zero point uh, seven three. 
So going into the top five, the 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 last of the 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 retired wrestlers is uh Kenta Kabashi. He had his twenty three five star matches out of two thousand three hundred and ninety one for a zero point nine six percent. So the the final four are all still currently active, which uh, obviously can kind of skew the results a little bit. But they um, we've got Ibushi in fourth who had 13, uh, 13 uh, five-star matches, and he's only wrestled 1,169 matches in his career, so his percentage is 1.11. Then, in third place, and this is actually the, the big shocker, it's the best bout machine, Kenny Omega, comes in third. Oh, okay. Uh, so his 17 five-star matches come in 1,176 matches total for a 1.44 percentage. So now we've got uh, Will Ospreay and Okada. Um, now, uh, Okada has got eight more matches uh, as five-star than, than Will Ospreay has, but he actually comes in in second place because he's wrestled 1,409 times, which gives him a percentage of 1.49%. Uh, Okada, uh, Osprey, has got 13 uh, five-star matches, but he's only ever wrestled 789 matches, which makes his percentage 1.64. So love him or hate him, think he's a, a wet wipe or a douchebag, the guy is arguably the the best bout machine, and it's 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 the assassin Will Osprey. Why? I mean, first of all, fantastic homework and research. That, <laughs> that, was, that was amazing. But yeah, why? That's really interesting that Osprey comes out on top like that. That's that's incredible. I mean, like you said, I mean, I enjoy watching the guys work, but he is a dick. Yeah, oh, he's, he's a massive uh, douchebag. What he what he's uh, done in his career is yeah, he's he's been an arsehole. But mm. the 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 amazing thing is he's still so young in his career. Yeah, this guy could could easily still surpass everybody by a long, long way. I mean, he's got thirteen uh, uh, five star uh, matches now. Going into the heavyweight division in in uh, New Japan, it's very likely he's going to get way more than that, and he, his numbers are just going to keep growing and growing and growing. So we may have we may see Will Ospreay arguably the best wrestler of all time. Why? That's insane. Why? Sorry, Conrad. Uh, I know you'll be listening, and I know you can't stand Will Ospreay, but numbers are the numbers prove it. They numbers don't lie. Don't die. Yeah, and it and it spells disaster right. for him at sacrifice. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, that was that was that's that's amazing. Will Ospreay. Okay, fair play. Okay. Ah, great stuff. Well, on that note, then, um, slightly depressing. Seeing as Ospreay's been a bit. Well. Max, do I let everyone know whereabouts they can find you on social media, my friend? Absolutely. You can follow me at Real Will Osprey, where I'm the uh, <laughs> the best wrestler in the world. Uh, no, you can follow me at DJ Kirby. I've got far too many uh, podcasts to mention, so go over there and, and follow me on Twitter. That's that's the only social media you'll find me on. Uh, and come and check out how, uh, my content there. Excellent stuff. Um, oh, very quickly as well, a message from my my good lady. She was very disappointed last week when 
I randomly tried to uh, link where we were back to Hogan at WrestleMania 7. Um, <laughs> knowing how much you hate that and you've seen it and it's boring and awful. Um, when I did link it back to Hogan on that occasion, you didn't get give your standard get to fork response. Oh, I, I haven't done it this time. So just oh. for, for Simon's missus, Simon, get to fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's good. The only person realistically allowed to disappoint my wife is me, Mags. So, yeah, I'll, I'll try not to do it again. <laughs> just okay. do a, we'll just do a soundbite of literally just that, and you can just edit it in. Every five minutes or so, just me just saying in. get to fuck, yeah. <laughs> okay, brilliant stuff. Um, I am at SJP Words, and you can follow the show and vote in our poll. Um, at chain underscore wrestling you can find us also on facebook but as always the poll is always going to remain on twitter please chuck us a follow vote in the poll send us your feedback on the show feedback on the matches we're watching watch along with us and and, and follow the chain along um i'm off now to google how to make cream soda into a cologne um mags i'll speak to you next week see you later thank you very much bye-bye Mate, honestly, I'm fucking soaked. Let me see if I can show you. Hang on. See, yeah, you absolutely look drenched. That looks like a, a black shirt. A t-shirt, man. Fucking look like a you black can... t-shirt. Fucking, it's it's absolutely sticking. Mean, jogging bottoms of. Oh. You, you could have just there? you could have just got changed. I suppose you could have just changed your shirt before recording. You have it's... to suffer hypothermia.